It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. Today, I'm Michelle Mendoza, and we are My Michelle Live. I am fresh from Nashville. I mean, okay, I'm not feeling so fresh from Nashville. After that big, long journey, a big, long week at what's called the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, where there are a lot of folks who are looking for the God story in a myriad of differing ways. The most exciting thing that I have noticed is that there are everyday people who are finding their voice. They know that they have a message to send out, something to stand for. And with uh, technology being what it is today, there are more ways to do it than ever before. And I'm very excited about that in particular because my my new book, Find Your Voice, will be out by this summer. I'm looking forward to it today. I'd like to welcome you as we look to review the week. A Week in Review. And let's see what's going on. We will do it with my co-host, Adam Raziri. Adam, hey, hey, hey. The wheels are spinning. The wheels are spinning, Michelle. And when I say wheels, I mean, well, I guess when I say spinning, shoot, we're seeing so many different spins from the news just based on the crazy week that we've had. Uh, so much going on, so many different angles kind of describing what's going on, leaving us to wonder, well, what's true, what's not true, how should we approach these issues that matter so much to society? Are we on the brink of World War III? Are we about to lose our ability to influence the future of our children? Um, you know, you were, you were kind of talking about the the lesser heard voices that are still just as important to our society, right? Uh, the school board moms, uh, the the people who are getting out there and saying, you know what, I think that we should have a say over what our kids are exposed to. And also I feel like our yeah. kids shouldn't be indoctrinated. They should be educated and then allowed to come up with their own opinions and decisions for what's right, what's wrong, uh, based on, <laughs> on great values that are, that, that come from the family that come from the immediate community that shouldn't be imposed on, but it should be sort of led to. Right. So, so let's those, start those, those somewhere. smaller voices are, are, are so important and in aggregate, they're really powerful, Michelle. Let's start then with the everyday people. Uh, parent activists are now rising up and seeking control over at the education boards, education system. They're taking over boards. And there's a reason for this, Adam. Uh, this is something I want you to know. You do not feel this way because of what you see in the media, what you see on social media, what you hear portrayed from politicians. But folks, when you're looking at uh, critical race theory, and uh, the over-sexualization of our children in education, and you're going, what the heck? You feel like you are possibly in the minority. You, my friend, are not. You are not in the minority. It is a, a, a minority of people who have gone over the deep end, who have taken things over. We've just sat back and gone, okay, yeah, that's crazy. And then started realizing that now you're messing with our children. You want to mess with our children, you're going to have to deal with some really protective <laughs> parents. So parents are rising up and parents are saying, no, this is not okay. And that runs the gamut in a lot of things. You are not alone. You are not alone. So let's talk about some things that are going on. School activists, um, including people like Psychology Today, are pushing 
an agenda. You see it in the media. You see this is their morality and they're pushing their morality on you. That's why I say check your worldview. A worldview is how you view, view the world. Why is the world the way it is? What's happened to get us here? What is the hope? What is your worldview? as you're watching or viewing today, because if your worldview falls in line with a biblical worldview, I'm going to challenge you to say, see if there's really consistency in it, because I say, yes, there is. But this worldview, like what we see from psychology today, Adam, they're pushing an agenda. And in a recent article, these are some of the things that they said, and this lines up with what we're seeing in schools. Quote, it can certainly be far better to start early. I advise parents that by the age of five, five, it's a wonderful time to lay a foundation for what homosexuality is. Again, it goes on to say, it's only right that homosexuals be allowed to marry. It's important to have a discussion about transgenderism by by age eight. They say it will help kids be tolerant. I have some problems with that. Adam, first of all, our kids are already over-sexualized. They are already exposed to sexualism and sexualization at a very young age. Uh, sure. You can you can encourage kids to be tolerant no matter what people's uh, orientation or their choices are for and what their families look like. You teach your kids to be tolerant. Of course you do. But deciding what marriage is, marriage, who designed marriage? Do you remember who the first proponent of marriage was? I think that was, um, oh, God. And so I think God would have the right to say what marriage is. If we decide that people, adult people, making grown-up decisions uh, can decide if they want to live and love whoever they want, then you can make a civil union. You can decide how laws will will work. I don't know what someone's setup is, but if it, anyone should be able to have whoever they want by their hospital bed or leave their money to someone who has been there for them all their life that and what you do in the bedroom is not my business i'm sorry but to indoctrinate kids that is a big concern what say you adam i I say you know what it doesn't matter how good looking you are what happens in your bedroom is not for me to see (laughs) Uh, and it's certainly not for our kids to see either right and so when it comes to some of these discussions michelle the thing that's really concerning is we are seeing our public institutions trying to impose woke ideologies on our children. The, the fact is, is socialization happens and it should happen at the family unit. The yes. family unit is the core unit that should be educating kids on things like sexuality, things like, and, and, and also too, five years old is a very delicate young age. Um, it, it's, it's typically those years when you start to like, you realize that when you go out for recess and you, and you're playing and then all of a sudden you smell afterwards, like the, <laughs> those are the years when those kind of conversations should take place. Uh, when you, when you start trying to educate kids and I say educate, I mean, indoctrinate kids at those younger years, um, shoot. I mean, you're, you're literally having an educator who in, in some cases is just working by a book that hasn't been pre-approved by the parents working according to a curriculum that, as we've learned, has a lot of bias behind it, right? Like we're seeing now the school board moms are taking action now. Like they're, 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 they're taking action for so many years, Michelle, we used to ignore what happened at the local level when it came to how our schools were run. Right. Uh, even when it came to municipalities and, and how the, the politics of our cities kind of like were, were, were sort of conducted, but we're realizing now that 
it's time to get involved at the local levels because the local levels are where you can make the strongest, most immediate impact. Um, and well so and so put. now we're seeing parents running well for school board positions. We're seeing so much more competition at that local uh, political level, and it's because it really matters there. Okay, and, and let and me ask this question. Go ahead, Michelle. Let me ask this question. Did you hear the story that came out of North Carolina? This is talking about why, why what you teach matters. Uh, when we indoctrinate our kids in hopes for tolerance, it could have the opposite effect. Let me tell you what I mean. There's a story that comes out of North Carolina where it is reported that a black student, a mom says her black student was sold into slavery in a slave auction as the kids were just playing on the on the playground, oh right? This wasn't about <sighs> jump rope. This wasn't even about uh, a tether ball. Uh, this was about kids going on the on the playground and they're playing mock slave auction at school. His friend, this little boy's friend was sold for $350 and another student was the slave master because he knew how to handle them. And she said, how did our kids become so blatantly racist? Well, I wonder when you teach kids that Mm -hmm. you are inherently racist, what do you think is going to happen? You're racist because of the color of your skin. You're racist and you're entitled. They have made kids hyper aware of this. When you have kids that you're teaching that, well, you may, I know it looks like you're a little boy, but you may be a little girl or you may be a feline. We're going to put kitty litter in the bathroom, you know, in case you're a furry. You were not, no wonder kids are confused and we're not seeing good things come of it. The Bible says that you will know them by their fruits. In other words, if you got good fruit, you got a good tree. If you don't have good fruit, you might want to think about what's going on there. We're not getting good fruit in our society. It's it that story alone. Well, well Michelle, um, that's why the, the, the family unit is so important, right? The far, the progressive far left agenda has tried to, destroy families it's tried to get rid of those core family units that do tend to produce great fruit right when i say great fruit i mean productive contributors to our society um and so they're trying to kind of destroy all of that right and that's why these these agendas this 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 concept of trying to teach a kid that from birth you're racist is just it's it's so ridiculous and insulting and 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 frankly it's it's very destructive to our society and we, we see how it's starting to destroy Man, I mean, these kids, like a, a, a kid slave auction is ridiculous. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this uh, sex ed class with sexual pizza where these kids had to basically, you know, decorate a pizza with toppings and each topping represented a different sexual act, right? Like that is craziness, right? And so no wonder the school board moms are stepping in and they're hey, saying, you know what, schools, this is ridiculous. Could you teach our kids to read and write? Because I'm just telling you, if, if STEM, our kids right? were number one in all of the world in mathematics and reading in reading comprehension in sciences, and then you delved into this, you'd have a little more power. Right now, we are sadly like 32nd in many of those of those areas, we fall way behind other, even less industrialized nations. And yet, what's really important is, are you a, a kid? Are you, a, as a kid, are you a boy? Are you a girl? Are you a pig? Are you, I I'm mean, come freaking <laughs> on. And so we're seeing some people 
um, as I was in Nashville, Tennessee, coming from the Republic of Seattle, um, I walked off the plane and I felt <laughs> much, uh, you, you can feel almost a spirit of oppression in some of our areas. To w- be in a place where there is such freedom and even a mutual respect, there is a marked difference. I met a lot of people who called themselves refugees uh, from some of the left coast um states that were that were there and uh i'm not here to sling a political ideology i'm not here to be the spokesperson for right-leaning politics i'm just here to bring some sanity and look for the god story but there are states like florida where you're seeing some some things happen there's the parental rights education bill that's come into place i thought that was the don't say gay bill (laughs) don't say gay (laughs) bill it's been the white house and uh, liberals are coming against Governor DeSantis, and they're calling this the don't say gay bill. Though Governor DeSantis has challenged them, really? Can you show me in the bill anywhere it says don't say gay? Uh, this is. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this bill. It, it bans classroom discussions on sexual orientation, gender identity from kindergarten to third grade. Just leave the toddlers alone is basically <laughs> it. Just, hey, leave your indoctrination out of my toddler's nine to five, right? Like, yeah, get it my, out my of their baby bottle. And <laughs> the ABCs here, not, not, not about all this other stuff that maybe is more suited to an older, like maybe like a young adult, right? These are discussions that should take place in the family. These are not discussions that should take place in the classroom, especially a classroom ranging from kindergarten to third grade, where kids are trying to learn the ABCs or trying to learn how to not to LGBTQs and they're learning about the, the syntax of words. And, yes. you know, they're, like I was actually, I was with a client of mine and we, we attended a kindergarten class and uh, my client was educating this kindergarten class on trees and like how trees grow and, and what the sun does for trees and about chlorophyll to, to, to discuss sexual matters with a child that age. I mean, like you said, Michelle, over sexualizing our kids here. Why? This is just ridiculous. Um, it, it's it's actually very destructive. And, and so specific to Florida trying to pass what, the far left is calling the don't say gay bill, which, by the way, you will not find the words don't say gay in this bill at all. It's literally just trying to remove the the government, which obviously controls public education from these kind of, of discussions that could take place in an organized, formatted way in the classroom. First of all, these kids are too young. Second of all, I mean, shoot, do parents really want and when I say do parents, I mean, do gay parents and do straight parents really want the the public school system having these kind of conversations with their K through third grader? Heck I don't no. I don't want my kindergarten through third grader even talking about uh, about gay uh, issues. Even I mean it's it's deemed don't say gay. You know what I I don't think the, uh, conversations about sexual orientation have to take place. Sure. They don't have and, to well, be Michelle, uh, completely banned, and that's not bill. what this bill does. It it doesn't ban kids from saying, "Hey, you know, I have two dads," uh, and and go. Yeah. I mean, what classroom wouldn't encourage people to love kids and accept them, re- 
regardless of what their you know what their their background is regardless of of what their family dynamics is you don't have to teach uh, what sexual positions are and <laughs> in order to say hey people can love each other you don't have to go into it in third grade you don't have to talk about it but but we can talk more about what it doesn't stop students from discussing their own issues it doesn't even stop curriculum from mentioning right, right. lgbtq related topics where it's involved in like history lessons exactly. it doesn't ban the mentioning that this is an issue in our world nor should it but it doesn't have to indoctrinate we don't have to tell kids yeah. that you may not identify as a a boy and so we can cut things off and give you uh medication to to stop your hormones that's not natural discussing things of sexuality to kids it's weird is not natural (laughs) it's not science too early it's 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 way too early it's ridiculous and and now you literally see it's being overly politicized to the point where the far left and in florida in particular they're running through the halls of of the state congress in florida saying gay 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 gay," just repeating the words over and over again the thing is is none of these people have actually read the bill they don't really know what they're pissed Um, about wait wait adam can i just stop you there that's a thing you know that right it it went back to the the health care bill back in the obama era we've got to pass this so we know what's in it what the actual heck i mean really when did that when when was that the thing we we are going to pass something into the law that we don't know what it is <laughs> uh, and just so that we can find out what it is so it is there actually a thing a no these people on, have the not have not read it and it is it is not a it's not a th- this is coming from the mindset that has said we need to be proud you know the whole gay pride issue talking about this is who i am and i'm proud of who i am how can you be proud of who you are if you have to cut things off there is nothing wrong with being an effeminate man or a a more uh, masculine woman, right? Or even liking things that, that, as a woman, I like things that boys like. I've been called a tomboy. That's perfectly fine. Embrace who you are. But if you have to cut things off, have things removed, uh, get surgically altered, that's a dysphoria. That's, that's more of a mental problem than it is. And I'm sorry, I know it's not popular. This is worthy of being canceling but to indoctrinate our kids this is a, a grown-up conversation we're having right now to well, indoctrinate it, it, our kids it, it based on it i think to, is dangerous it leads to the destruction of rights for others too and and specific to you know like the will thomas leah thomas thing the swimmer from upenn you're seeing women's rights being totally infringed on by this move to legitimize a, a trans athlete competing with biological females someone who was a biological male who was a lackluster, mediocre, middle-grade swimmer, then jumping to the to the female leagues as a trans woman, smoking people like it's it's insane. And so it's like, how can you how can you sit here and elevate the rights of one when those rights are infringing on literally like half the freaking population of the, of the world? You, okay. you just can't do it. There's something wrong. And there. and if there isn't something wrong with it, could you please help me on this? Uh, I've researched it, and maybe I haven't found it yet. And you can help me. If you're watching, listening, or viewing, perhaps you can help me. Could you please show me the instance of the biological female who identifies as male who is killing it in the sports realm? Is there one? Oh, you, uh, <laughs> right, right. There, there's sorry. really not. You, you think about even the words from Caitlyn Jenner, right? Someone who is literally living in the, 
and, and the feet and the shoes of a now trans woman. Bruce Jenner as an athlete was one of the greatest male athletes in history, smoked it at the Olympics, right? Just destroyed at the time, I think the Russians, right? As a, as a now trans woman, Caitlyn Jenner is saying, guys, like there is a total advantage here. I don't care what you guys say. A trans woman should not be competing against biological women in sports. That's a thing. Like, Canceled. <laughs> we got it. Uh, denied. <laughs> Get them out of there. Get it out of there. And here's the the issue with a consistent worldview. When your worldview changes based on politics without saying, hey, I recognize the error in my ways. Here is why I was wrong. No, it just I, I'm like a reed. The Bible talks about being a reed that just bends with the wind. And that's a lot of what you see in politics from uh, Joe Biden, probably the most Ugh. racist president that we have had. It may be in history based on 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 his history um, right. is also um, the man who back in 1994 was part of a vote that prohibited federal funds from being used to promote homosexuality as a lifestyle in schools. But instead of saying, yes, we did this, here's why, um, now this is why we're ch- they've completely backed off. If we don't talk about it, then it didn't happen. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. That's basically it. And now you have, it's all about the narrative, right, Michelle? And it's all about kind of bending to what that narrative is supposed to be and it changes on a daily basis and that's why none of these headlines age very well everything that the that the progressive left tries to push on us flash forward several months and then they look ridiculous uh governor DeSantis was i i think obviously doing some really smart things to, to defend his position to, de- to defend florida and to defend florida's children um it, it, but this this entire situation exposed how the media is so complicit and pers- pursuing and perpetuating these far left talking points that are that are really ridiculous and shallow uh this one guy evan donovan from from the local nbc uh, news affiliate over there was the guy who was trying to basically say well you know critics of the bill refer to it as the don't say gay bill okay well you're a journalist who are the critics of the bill and why are they saying that um why aren't journalists digging into some of these these talking points before starting to formulate their own questions like let's figure out what the context is behind these talking points and then understand that before we go to an authority source like governor DeSantis with this this literally immediately critical headline well what do you think about the don't say gay bill uh sir i'm sorry but the bill itself doesn't say don't say gay at all like it's just not a thing um people in our society are really falling victim to these talking points michelle and you know, I think it's because in a lot of ways we have kind of a society of headline readers, people that are looking for uh, quick hits and quick little doses of information. Um, and, and part of that is because social media has us go from one topic to the next so quickly before we really invest a lot of time into understanding what really is going on. Okay. Um, and that's a big problem. Here's, here's the thing though. Uh, we're seeing a lot of hypocrisy and we're going to get to how blatant it is when we look at what we're seeing in Russia. And there are a lot of things that are waking us up. Some of us have watched the news and we said, okay, if they're reporting it that, uh, that um, passionately and that often it must be true. Right. Um, Then some people start saying, wait, there's some things that aren't true. There's things that I absolutely know are not true. And they're reporting it as true. 
that happened. Then Adam, the next thing that we started seeing was with the COVID issues where masks were concerned and specifically with vaccinations, we started knowing people who died from vaccines. We started knowing people who uh, had adverse reactions and they're saying, no, 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 no. We started seeing the numbers. And so people are saying, wait a minute, this is, there's something not right here, but that narrative is still being pushed as though it were true. Fewer and fewer, and I'm telling you this because I I just met with thousands of people and dozens of people individually who from differing states of our union have noticed the same thing as reporters uh, doing much like maybe what we're doing maybe in different venues. Adam, they've noticed that people are waking up and going, oh, wow, something is not right here it isn't as that's they right. see it as it seems well that's why when you saw if, if any of you guys saw the video of, of desantis being questioned by evan donovan after governor desantis called out this reporter for peddling false narratives the entire room started applauding like the journalists that are taking note of this are their, their eyes are open right the woke are finally waking up maybe you might say um the people of our country the people of the world want something that's real and so far we've been swallowing a bunch of garbage for years um, and, and, and unfortunately, a lot of that is stuff that comes to us with a very strong political pretext to it. Um, and, and so here we are now, we're kind of finding ourselves, hopefully not on the brink of World War III, um, with so much information kind of going across uh, about what's taking place in Russia and Ukraine, uh, why it's taking place, why we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we're kind of I, I guess we're seeing some journalists that are actually on the ground trying to report things from an honest perspective, but then we're seeing people like Joanne Reed from MSNBC saying the only reason why anybody gives a crap about this this conflict is because we're a bunch of racists and Ukraine has uh, basically white Christians over there. Like that's the that's only right, reason why but it care. is important nevertheless because it makes it difficult for me to travel to my villa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when yeah. people see this kind of this kind of thing, we're starting to realize that that there this is stupidity and there's more stupidity coming from the uh, from the woke uh, council culture is hitting the medical system as european hospitals are refusing to treat russian patients who have mm. nothing to do with the war um and we're seeing people uh, attack or come against russians in america because of their their country of origin so who really is the the racists the bigots the haters how how inane and this is interesting and, and very sad uh just breaking news this happened within a, th- this last day there was a u.s journalist uh who was shot in the neck as i understand and killed by the yeah. russian army this was actually earlier today, today? Uh, this guy was mm-hmm. trying to cover things from the scene he was trying to basically get uh, a shot of several ukrainian refugees who were trying to basically leave uh town and, and make their way to poland and as his he was in a car with uh, two other individuals and they basically they crossed a bridge and then all of a sudden they started taking fire and the car quickly whipped a u-turn and tried to get out of there this guy um who basically he's been a journalist his entire life i believe he was about 51 years old uh, named brent renaud uh he worked with the new york times and several other uh outlets right took around to the neck died literally at the scene 
there was a video of a guy named Juan who was uh, a photographer with him and uh, he was being treated by the medical facility. Uh, and oh. basically he said that uh, Bernard died almost instantly at the scene. Uh, they got separated and he ended up being whisked away uh, to safety. But, you know, this follows Michelle just last week, this British crew of about five people who were um, clearly identified as press. It was a Sky News team and this guy, Stuart Ramsey, he's their chief correspondent over there. Uh, their car started getting lit up by automatic fire. And then uh, he took a, a couple rounds to the back. Um, and, and I believe two other in his crew were, were, were shot as well. I think their vests might have absorbed those rounds. And, and thank God for that, right? But um, you're, you're seeing just actual, and, and I, I've actually been following Telegram really closely. And there's a few accounts on Telegram that I've been following because you really can't get the most real-time coverage from our mainstream news. It's just not a thing. Um, but uh, following a few different telegram channels, you see things kind of happening in real time. You get the air raid alerts, um, and, and you see that Russian, the Russian soldiers, there are these select groups of Russian army that are more like combination of mercenary, mercenary groups and special operations teams that are going after civilians, that are going after journalists, that are trying to, I think at this point, kind of control several things right they're trying to spark fear they're trying to control the narrative this has kind of turned into a big social media war and Zelensky is doing a great job right he's he's a pretty young guy he knows how social media works he used to be a comedian in ukraine and i believe he actually won like their version of dancing with the stars at one point so he's a pretty crafty guy um but then you have putin this old school kgb guy right like putin's pushing 70 years old uh, yeah but he can ride a, a horse shirtless <laughs> that's right very strong just because man. you can this, doesn't mean uh, you should <laughs> so true so true but there's this information war and social media is a huge part of it and so you're seeing these these terror squads kind of going around and targeting people hoping that that kind of news circulates on social media and i think they're trying to get the ukrainians to cave in but here we are pushing three weeks deep and so far the russians have lost more people per reports than than we did in all of iraq uh, than we did in all of Afghanistan. I mean, the Ukrainian people are strong. And it, it's like, I don't know, Michelle, did you ever see that movie Red Dawn with, uh, I think it was, was it Swayze? Patrick Swayze back in yes. the day? Oh, yeah. And, and there's been a remake Wolverines. as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's what it kind of seems like is going on there. It's like the Russians have invaded and the people are all taking up arms to defend their homeland and to really protect freedom. But at the same time, you know, you're seeing different, uh, I guess different news kind of coming out, different sources saying kind of why this is happening. I heard at one point uh, an outlet saying that, you know, what Putin's doing is good. He's trying to denazify Ukraine. I was confused by the headline because I know Zelensky to be a Jewish guy. I know that he has family that survived the Holocaust. Um, I know that he was a, a big part of fighting the Nazis. So, you know, hearing some headlines that, oh, Putin's trying to denazify Ukraine doesn't really add up in my perspective, in my opinion. Uh, we know that Ukraine had aspirations to really be closer integrated with the European Union and the European nations. Uh, and, and of course, Putin is not happy about that. He doesn't want Ukraine to be a part of NATO. Uh, he certainly doesn't want Ukraine to be a part of the EU. Um, so, you know, maybe that's kind of the move that he's trying to make there. Or, you know, maybe he's trying to improve uh their, their bottom line when it comes to transporting I'm sorry, that's Russian just way to too Europe. complicated. Let, can we just go back Very. to what our vice president said? Russia <laughs> what, what is a big we'll country, and Ukraine <laughs> is a little country. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awful. Michelle, the former vice premier of Ukraine literally said, 
basically he said the fact that she's one heartbeat away from being president oh my gosh like can you imagine how terrible that would be for the world and she was so embarrassing in poland and, and basically the way you know if the biden administration is serious or not serious about solving a problem the way you know is whether or not they send kamala they sent her to the border nothing changed they sent her to poland so far nothing has changed no plan like why would you like why would you do that Basically, by sending her there, we told Putin, you know what, man, we're not going to do anything at all because Kamala Harris is there. So keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on targeting maternity hospitals. Keep on targeting civilians and journalists. Yes. You know what? And, and keep on spinning it. That's a lot of what's happening in Russia. And we've heard a lot about how they are lying in the news. They're lying about their narrative. They're telling the people what to believe. And a lot of those people believe it and have been believing it. We're looking at that rolling our eyes, and yet that's exactly what's happening here. When I was in Tennessee, uh, Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee addressed uh, the gala and was talking about some of the problems that they are trying to take a stand against with actual bipartisan support uh, uh, against uh, what's been happening in social media, the deplatforming and canceling. It is dangerous. And there are people on both sides who realize that, oh, I might like it today, but I won't like it when it happens to me tomorrow. That's how freedom works. When we see what's happening in in Russia and the information that's not getting out or how it's being spun, uh, it's dangerous. But yet in Russia, there's been over, what, 7,000, 7,000 people arrested. They're not allowed to talk about certain things. If they do, they will be arrested. And you think that's bad? Yes, what's happening there is horrible. But we are flirting with that kind of disaster. Look at what took place and has is still taking place with the Freedom Convoy in Canada with protests you're not allowed to raise certain kinds of signs you're not allowed to be critical it is the same ugly spirit that has overtaken Russia it's that same spirit that shuts down the free exchange of ideas some of those people are still jailed and we have that kind of mindset coming from our own media and that media elite continues that narrative it's that same spirit that causes a, a country like Australia to literally create like modern day internment camps for people that have not been vaccinated. And then it prompts them to use the police, the full power of the police to chase down two teenagers that got out of that camp. What? Like, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, it's the same spirit that once upon a time in America, when we had internment camps for the Japanese, a terrible, terrible thing in our history. Yeah. You know, that's that's what this kind of comes from. And so, you know, yes, how, yes. How, how far or close are we to this totalitarian sort of takeover? I mean, we've already seen so many moves to shut us down. And if you shut down the First Amendment, everything after that falls, right? We've seen the First Amendment be abused now for years and, and so strongly since, well, at least January 20th of 2021, but definitely before that too, to think that, to think that literally social media can silence about half of the country like, like that is really really scary and that's why you see these parallel markets forming right you see the free market trying to say you know what no 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 the people want a voice the people want this and that and the people definitely want their voice to be heard so if you're not going to let us voice our 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 opinion and if you're you're not going to let us exercise our first amendment rights then we're going to go somewhere else that will and so we're starting to see kind of this parallel market sort of emerging other social media options Mm. um in, in respect of the concept of a parallel market 
Russia, right? It's trying to, <laughs> it's trying to now block out Facebook and YouTube and all that. And, you know, on one hand, you might say, ha ha, good for them, right? Like, good for them. Facebook and YouTube have been shutting us down for, for a while now. Um, but we are going to start to see the, the sort of the other side of the world, the, the, the evil side of the world, if you will. Russia forming stronger alliances with countries like China to create uh, basically a, a different form of banking system, right? A different form of, of, of media. And, and, and I kind of wonder what that could lead to if you see the world starting to polarize itself in a very strong way. Um, it might not be so good, right? It might not be so good. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see what that turns into. And yet, look, here, this is not going to be easy to hear, but war is the norm. We have lived in an era of peace that is unprecedented in world history. War, death, it is the norm. And there's a reason for it. And that's where I get back to look at your worldview. There's a reason we're like this. It's because sin entered into the world. And because we do our own thing. And the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is war. The wages of sin is destruction and dismantling of, 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 of peace. That's the wages of sin. But God provided a way to have peace with him that God provided a way to have peace with others and, and to have a, a joy, even in the midst of chaos, there is always going to be chaos. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good faith, be of good courage. Don't sweat it, baby, because I have overcome the world. Jesus said, so we have that hope that's in us. We just also have a, a, a father of lies out there that keeps perpetuating an ugliness and the kind of morality that just doesn't work. A morality that's based on how do I feel today and, and some kind of fake compassion that turns compassion into cruelty and works against us because it's an inconsistent world view. And you know that when you don't see the truth, there are thousands upon thousands of Russians who are willing to say, wait a minute, jail me. And those are 7,000. That's just the ones that are jailed. Well, Adam. And that's that's the not the other sentence. people who are still standing up, right? Oh yeah. They're threatening 15 year sentences for those people. And Michelle, you made me think of this old Latin quote, and it's literally, if you want peace, prepare for war. Um, and and like, that's how you maintain peace, right? Is by maintaining a strong society. Um, but of course, to maintain a strong society, we have to ensure that our, our Bill of Rights is intact. We have to ensure that we have our First Amendment liberties. And, and we've been losing that a lot. Um, when it comes to some of the tyranny that we've been seeing from the, the biggest uh, co corporations in the world, right? Our American-founded social media companies, uh, you have to ask yourself, what's real and what's not real? And these Russian soldiers, so many of them have no idea why they're in Ukraine. They thought that they were going there as liberators yeah. to denazify Ukraine. Um, there, was a, there was a video that was on Telegram of a Russian soldier crying, and he had been captured by the Ukrainian forces. This was about a week and a half ago. And he was, at, he was literally, basically, at, his mom was, because they let him call their, their moms back home, which I think is brilliant, by the way. Uh, let the moms in Russia know what's going on, because they'll, they'll find a way to fix that situation. But this kid, he was probably in his early 20s, calls his mom, letting, letting her know what's going on. He informed her that, in fact, the Ukrainian captors were treating him better than his battalion commanders. Uh, he also said that Russian soldiers that were wounded in Ukraine, they weren't, in some cases, they were actually being shot and left behind because it was a, it was a burden to treat them with, with medical care. Can you imagine that? Like, that would never, should never happen, right? Like, the, certainly as an, as an American you know, this concept of no man left behind. 
wait, wait a minute. Afghanistan, we left a lot of Americans behind. Oops. Not okay. Um, there are some things that are taking place in our society that we say, you know what, that would never happen here. Well, shoot, w- would it? Would it never happen here? Because it has happened, and it's happened this year. I think about one of my customers, the Walkaway campaign. Uh, I remember a lot of people were saying to, to Brandon Strzok, the founder of that campaign, you know what, man, if Trump's elected, man, you're, you're a gay man in America. You're going to be elected. You're going to be uh, thrown in jail, and you're going to be you're going to be silenced. And that happened to him under Joe Biden. He was arrested by the FBI for being present at the Capitol. Uh, the FBI raided his house, took all of his stuff. He was on video. Just He was present there. He, he never entered the building. And then he was thrown in jail, and he was made to be silent for about a year. Um, it basically destroyed his life for a while, right? Like, that kind of stuff is happening. There are still people from, from the January 6th event that are being held in jail. These are people that, in many cases, not violent at all. Not armed people that were exercising their 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 ability or their right to assemble, their right to have free speech, their right to let themselves to let their voices be heard. Political, literally, people are being targeted for political reasons right now in our country. Yes, they are. And let's look at that hypocrisy. Let's look at that hypocrisy in a couple of levels. Uh, You may not like uh, some of the antics, tactics, whatever you may call them, from the January sixth incident. But if you are not calling for the heads of the people who burnt down black owned businesses, who um, took over and started setting fires and looting in American cities, then you need to shut up. You need to shut up or you need to be consistent. Robert Dorn bleed out while he was protecting a store in Missouri during the BLM riots. Like this, this, this retired man, this black American man, bleeding on the sidewalk people were freaking recording his death on a cell phone camera and not giving him first aid then you have an inconsistent worldview and you want to talk about uh don't say gay from uh from florida and that bill and the story you just mentioned from your client you want to you want to find an area where you're not allowed to say gay do not dare say that you're a gay conservative do not dare say you're a gay Republican, because you will be called all manner of things. Do not say that all lives matter as a black person because you will be called worse than the N-word. Do not say that you stand for family values and have... and be gay or a black or brown or anything, that's where you're going to come across. You don't get attacked from the right. You don't get attacked from uh, even the the religious organizations for the for the most part i'm sure there's got to be some pockets of people who are just not very friendly i'm not going to overpaint a rosy picture but that's not where you get a lot of the hate that's being spewed a recent um survey and and poll found that the most hateful people in america were left-leaning democratic women they were the people who hated more people they found that people who were on the right and this is not just me this wasn't this was a neutral a poll that was being discussed okay who do you not like well i don't it's not that i hate people i don't like what they say but i would still have a conversation with them the people who'd say i would not have a conversation with them they don't deserve to live uh they shouldn't be even walking on this planet we're we're left-leaning women what and that also applied to their dating preferences as well they were like i will never date a centrist i will never date a libertarian i will never date a conservative 
No, never. And I think not. there are conservative men and libertarian men around the, the country who are cheering at this moment. Thank you. <laughs> you I'm would sorry. think, right? But the thing is, is a lot of people that are center and center right are a lot more open-minded and accepting. It's okay if you think differently, as long as we can have a conversation about it. Because but, that's, so that's how we thing. have a, a future. That's how we solve things. I could say I'm more of a libertarian. I'm a Christian libertarian. Um, but politically, I may not always get things right. Politically, you might have to point some things out to me. Politically, you might say, well, what about this? I've had conversations on universal health care, and I am convinced it would be awesome if absolutely everyone had health care. It is not cool. It's not fair. And I don't want to be the kind of country where only rich people get the chance to take care of things or can have hearing aids uh, or because it's not covered by insurance or uh, get their cancer treated. I want to be in a country where everyone can be healthy. However, because big pharma has taken things over because Ugh. we don't, tr we don't heal people anymore. We treat symptoms. And because we've become a country that, that where the networks are owned primarily by pharmaceutical companies. That's why we see so many of these crazy ads that your brain can leak out of your anus, that you're going to have, <laughs> uh, you're going to have ocular diarrhea as a side effect that your that penis will week. spontaneously <laughs> explode, but that's okay. You know, your, your heart disease will, your symptoms will, will diminish. We're used to that. And we think that's okay. That's why it was so easy to convince uh, half of America that you could be injected with an experimental drug that may have a side effect of death. But people are waking up, and that may be the topic of our program today. It's like the big wake up. We're the woke awakening. We're getting away <laughs> from being woke to being awakened. And thank God for that. Thank God for that. I mean, our, our country has literally been so preoccupied over COVID not looking at things like hypertension, not which is, is a huge problem in our country. Cardiac events and cardiac disease is huge. Uh, cancer, man, Michelle, I am so concerned about what the cancer spike, the, the deaths from cancer spike will look like over the next two to three years because of all the people that weren't getting screened uh, mm -hmm. during COVID because they were told, stay home, don't go to the doctor. Literally just like this alarmist fear being imposed on everybody. There, there's so much other stuff that takes place in our world, right? Like, man, teenage suicide is a huge problem right now. What are we going to see from the future of our kids when they've grown up in this world where you have to wear a mask and you can't really connect with people and you, there, there's like no more like actual like in-person stuff taking place? That's a huge problem, and I think that we're going to experience the negative ripple effects from this for a while. And um, indeed, maybe some of the negative aspects of the vaccine, which we know has caused a it doesn't stay in the localized spot. We know that. Uh, we know that now that some of those spike proteins cause problems and uh, inflammation and encephalitis. We're seeing a myocardosis, of course, uh, and there's going to be that. Uh, so, Michelle... Over the what next few those years, those people that are still walking around ma with masks right now, like, are those people that are literally just virtue signaling, or are they truly living in fear that mm -hmm. like Corona is everywhere and it's going to get them? I I'm trying to figure that out myself. I'm just, not, I'm not sure. Like, you know, it's the weekend. I was at Lowe's earlier today. I was, I was stocking up on supplies. I'm working on remodeling the house. I'm doing some electrical work. Haven't shocked myself yet. Awesome. <laughs> but I swear, I, kid you not, I saw a couple people. This was not at Lowe's, by the way, but it was during my, my trip wearing masks. And I'm just like, man, like, okay, wait, first of all, why are you wearing your mask? Because you're by yourself in your car driving. 
Hey, I, I don't want to give myself what, what are you afraid of? The virus, obviously. <laughs> it's just like you could just immediately assume like, oh my gosh, you must watch MSNBC or CNN. Oh, like, here in our you state, must be watching fake news. Here in our state, uh, we were talking this morning on the way to church that uh, we're going to be trying this experiment of being maskless. Ma- being maskless is the experiment. No, I'm sorry, people. <laughs> we have been maskless for 6,000 plus years as humans. It's called our immune system. What was the experiment was putting on a mask for everyone. And that experiment did not work out numerically. Now, I'm not going to argue that there might not be some small level of protection. It's just not very strong. And it hasn't played out with the numbers. In addition, if you haven't looked into it, you can look at some of our past shows that talks about the gunk that's on the inside of your mask from wearing it all day in this moist, warm environment where bacteria breeds, uh, uh, being denied a little bit of oxygen, a slow asphyxiation, and some of the problems with our health because we are wearing masks and covering our faces. If God wanted us to have masks on our faces, we would have had a, an extra layer of, I don't know, some kind of porous skin. <laughs> but flat. what he gave us instead was an immune system. And if you are not exercising your immune system as a relatively healthy person by exposing yourself to things, then your immune system becomes weaker. So the mask can again work against you. We're finding that out. We know it's true. Even Dr. Fauci knew it was true. He told us a long huh. time ago until Wait, he told Michelle, us something I seen different. Fauci in a while, by the way. Yeah, where did he go? Uh, I don't know. Huh. Like question mark, right? Like, man, he's he's kind of like on this. I guess it's like the podcast track right now. Like, he hasn't been on mainstream television channels. Like, I'm not missing him. frankly i haven't paid attention to him in a long time no because Um, we're paying attention to russia now we have a short attention span Uh, but with all of this stuff with russia that one of the last things i wanted to get to was the prices of gas and i did have this question we have notes that you and i passed you know that here's some things we want to talk about and i i posted this question um If shutting down Russia's pipeline is going to hurt Russians, Russia's economy, wouldn't you think shutting down ours would hurt our economy? And by the <laughs> way, as you're paying 5 to $7 for a gallon of gas, aren't you kind of wishing we would have made a better decision? You know what's crazy, Michelle? When, when the Keystone Pipeline project was shut down, you know, and you think about what Jen Psaki is saying right now when Peter Ducey asks her about the about the pipeline itself and about getting oil and petroleum to America. Okay, well, okay, if we shut down the pipeline, which is the most green-friendly way to transport oil from A to B, there's zero emissions in that pipeline. Yep. Okay, so now we're we're putting it in trucks that have exhaust that mm-hmm. emit just carbon, right? Like we are hurting the environment by not having a pipeline up and running. First of all, additionally uh, of all, to that, additionally to that sure. point, uh, because it's here in our side of the world, we're going to keep an eye on it. We're going to have uh, environmentalists watching that thing like a hawk, ready to pounce if it gets out of line in any way, shape, or form. And that's where maybe they may be uh, uh, more of a left-leaning ideology. I don't care. God bless them. That's what sure. you do because that's what keeps us clean. 
clean. That's what keeps us accountable. You really think the Arabs over there give a damn about your environmental issues? No, no I don't think so. You think Russia does? Well, we're finding that out now, right? We sure. Go it's ahead, crazy Adam. To see, to, if you look back just a couple of years ago of then President Trump talking to the United Nations, talking to the German delegation in particular, and he's warning them. He says, listen, guys, with the Nord Stream pipeline, if you look to Russia to be the source of most of Europe of Europe's energy, specifically in Germany, 60 to 70 percent of their overall oil supply, man, that's a lot of leverage. What happens when Russia cuts you off? Crazy gas prices in Norway just last week. Gas prices were over 11 bucks per gallon U.S. I know they use a different form of measure over there, but I, I normalized it for our, our discussion purposes uh, over most of Europe. Well, over six dollars a gallon U.S. And, and it's just going to go up and up and up. Uh, over here in Texas, where I'm at, I was paying over four dollars a gallon this week. I drive a truck. I have to fill up about every week. You know, I, I think I actually filled up twice this past week. Just a lot of stuff going on, right? People have there goes lives. your child's you, college fund. When you change when you change the price of oil so dramatically, like double it. So oil as an economic input literally touches almost every industry in our market. So when the cost of literally transportation is more expensive, when the oil that we need to turn to, to create plastics, which man, the medical industry uses tons of plastic, you know, that economic input changes everything. So inflation just gets crazy and we're over 8% now. Uh, where is it going to stop? It was 2008 when we had the big, uh, the big financial crisis, right? The mortgage crisis. And at the time, the price per gallon of oil was about $145 per gallon in the U.S. That, that was the yeah. price per barrel. We have people right now talking about going to $200 a barrel as a possibility. Like, that should scare the heck out of everybody. You know, um, the, it's, it's, some it's of the insane. discussion, though, uh, when I asked about this on social media, was that, well, this is we need to stop our dependency on, on oil. Okay. But not, I think, today. It's one thing to edge ourselves out to find new technology, to right. be able to uh, go to better alternatives. But not, I think, well, today. Because Musk, what, happens, <laughs> what happens? What happens when when you're paying, uh, you know, fifteen dollars a gallon for for milk? What happens when everything else from wheat and from your daily supplies are being pushed up because of all of this? It hurts the poor. And again, I, I know I keep referring to COVID because that played out the inequality better than anything I've ever seen. When you look at the people who were paying, you know, a couple thousand bucks for a seat at the Super Bowl, not wearing masks, but the poor people <laughs> who are working minimum wage, they're the ones with the mask. It's the same thing. Oh, you can afford $15 a gallon for milk. That's great. But most people can't. Well, to that point, Michelle, you have, all right, you literally have the White House right now saying, everybody go get an electric electric vehicle just go do it okay, <laughs> okay well guess what all right the average electric vehicle hmm. is a is a fifty six thousand dollar vehicle fifty six thousand dollars is thirty thousand dollars more than your average compact vehicle out of touch so to go in there these elitists with all this stephen colbert th just the past week was saying you know what you should be okay paying fifteen dollars a gallon okay well mr colbert you make 16 million dollars a year you drive a tesla you don't care like the thing is is out right now people are touch. making decisions of whether or not to buy lunch or to buy a tank of gas. What happens when that decision is changed where it's like, you know what? I better find a different mode of transportation because I gotta buy food for my kids. People are now having to make those decisions right now. Yeah. And it's unforgivable that these so out of touch elites, like the the, the like Disney coming on, on Florida for the quote, don't say gay bill. These, these, these elites are so out of touch with the concerns and the needs of everyday Americans 
that we cannot look to them to try and impose their will on us anymore. They've gone, they've gone way too far. This has been such a great conversation today for me. I've, I have loved this because America, we're starting to, if we haven't already woken up and said, whoa, there's something going on here. Uh, for those who have said, yeah, I've been saying that for a long time, be encouraged because more and more people are saying, no, this is not okay. Why? Because we're the last bastion of freedom. If America goes down, freedom will suffer across the globe. And so there are brave everyday people. It's not the elite. It's not the, the people who are out of touch and elite that are going Going to make the difference. It's you. It's you watching right now. It's you who are, are able to have conversations with other people, able, able to get on your knees and pray for your country, pray for those who are in authority over us, pray for your family. It's you who are running for the school boards. It's you who are saying, okay, I'm not going to do business with that anymore. I'm not <laughs> giving my money there. You're the one that's making a difference and you're the one we're doing this broadcast to. I'll give you the final word, Adam. Well, you're, you're so right on, Michelle. It is it is you, we, the people who who do have uh, the control of over our destiny, right? If we walk in the light and we, we're not afraid to lead and we're not afraid to make great decisions, then good things will happen from that. Right now, we have leaders who are not leading. We have leaders who are looking to other parts of the world, who are looking to Europe to make the first move. Joe Biden waited for Germany to offer defense uh, weapons to uh, to Ukraine before then deciding, okay, well, you know what? We'll do the same. Don't be afraid to lead. Don't be afraid to do things that are right. Uh, and, and let's just take back what's ours and just live free. That's right. And that's what we're going to continue to do. We're going to continue to bring you truth, uh, researched journalism. We're going to report things that maybe the legacy media refuses to do. And we're going to continue to stand for freedom, for faith, and encourage Marga. you to find the God story in your own story. Thanks, Adam, for joining me. This has been great. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, guys. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com. Thank you.